everything that lives is designed to end. We are perpetually trapped in a never-ending spiral of life and death. Is this a curse? Is this some kind of punishment? I often think about the god who blessed us with this cryptic puzzle and wonder if we'll ever have the chance to kill him on the podcast today. and welcome steve hello deep deep thoughts deep words to open the podcast today hello michael we're playing chris what game oh, we're playing playing near automata a big old deep philosophical dive this week is it are we gonna off, are we gonna figure out it, how to pronounce it this week on the podcast because i don't automata <laughs> that's what i usually hear automata automata no, i usually hear automata nah it's it's Google says automata. Nier automata. Automata. Chris, what did you say? You cut out for a second. I said automata. Hmm. You can subscribe to this podcast. Oh, hello. oh wait a second. I forgot. Sam, hello. 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 It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. No, we, <sighs> we just did that two seconds ago. But you have to do it every time you say it. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, email us. There are a couple people have been emailing us. Um, uh, well, we have a you know a email. It's so bad. Pod at gmail dot com. It's a, at it's so bad pod on the Twitter. We are adding this game to our endless list. One hundred and seventy games now. We added our one hundred and sixty ninth game last week. Nice. Should we be doing a mailbag? We're getting all these emails. Now. I feel like we need to do a mailbag. Episode. I heard there's some, like some filler. Yeah, I heard there's some controversial takes in the mailbag. Maybe they should be aired. Oh yeah, send us your takes. Mailbag episode. Also, we should mention too that um, the annual, our supersized annual, is coming up where we re-rank um, games, and we're looking for your takes. It's so bad, pod. It's so bad pod at gmail.com for all of your takes if you guys want us to re-rank a game if you suggest it i'll probably we'll probably re-rank it why not so just <laughs> one down. suggestion per per view look, at all, look at all that power that you have um yeah you have so much power in this on this endless list of games um this game near automata 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 what did we automata. say I think I think I say automata. automata. I just looked it up and it said uh, automata. 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 Um, published by Square Enix, uh, released in the year 2017. 2017 was a wild year for video games. That was the year the Nintendo Switch came out. Also, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild came. This is out. the year this game um, comes out PUBG on the Nintendo Switch. Was, Everything came full circle. Yeah, and PUBG came. It was was in uh, re- exited early access. Super Mario Odyssey came out. Horizon Zero Dawn, Assassin's Creed Origins, a lot of good games in 2017. I would keep a list of all the games that I've ever that I've beaten since 2015, um, and I have beaten a shitload of games from 2017 for some reason. Um, in particular, how many games have I beaten? 25 games from 2017. Oh I've wow, beaten. crazy! Yeah, I remember that being a um, good year. 
Good year. Slay the Spire came out that year too. Yeah. Or exited early access. Slay the Spire is five years old. Yep. Boys. Wow. Boys. A light, a light bulb just went over uh, Sam's head on the screen. <laughs> I don't know if you get to see it. <laughs> and so, oh yeah, I played a shitload of that game last last year. This game originally came out on the PS4 only, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it would come to the PC and it'd come to other platforms. Um, but yeah, uh, what's everybody's history with this game? Have you? I've played this game before. What about you guys? Yeah, uh, I played it maybe in 2019 or so before the pandemic. Um, that was it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember. I, I, I guess I went on a YouTube binge of all the lore of related games as well, which we should talk about. Yeah, I remember you guys talking a lot about this game and how good it was and like how it kind of subverted other video game tropes and such and like there was a lot of hype for it so i played it uh fall 2020 so about two years ago almost mm-hmm. um and i did the a playthrough i i started the b playthrough i didn't get too far in that but that's about as far as i've gotten oh wow really? <laughs> yeah that's i did the uh i also did no, a like... third a third about yeah yeah that would be a third um yeah i also did this in 2019 i think give or take and uh, I don't remember like why I played it. I think I just heard like really good things about it, and I suspect it was like I just kind of gave it because I never played the Dragon Guard games or Dragon Guard, whatever they're called, or the other near games. And uh, so I kind of went into this blind. But uh, um, I mean, those Dragon Guard's not going to give you anything about this game. Near isn't going to give you anything about right, this right. Game but I think there, I think there's supposed to be some sort of you know like shared thematic universe or, or something like that going on even though i think i think it's very a lot looser with dragon guard um but again not having played it i like, yeah. you know i don't really i don't really I, I don't i don't know i just heard that like they're all supposed to kind of be somewhat tied together very loosely i guess but um yeah yeah so they were all written by yoko yoko taro who is the the guy who wears the skull on his head um I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him. You guys should Google Yoko Taro if you know. I mean, he's he's like also like, like literally he's he like all... literally in this game driving like an ice cream truck around at some point. Yeah, so. he's a he's he wears the Emil head wherever he goes. Uh, Emil is in near and in, in near automata. Um, but yeah, he wears like a skull mask that looks like Tim Burton esque uh, everywhere he goes um, when he appears in public. I think he's got uh, a for fan like press press conferences and stuff. I don't know. I don't know, but um, so he wrote Drakengard one through three, and then he also wrote Near. Um, so before this, and so Drakengard one is the kind of the inspiration I think for the original Near, which is because one of the endings, like one of the extra endings in Drakengard, that was very hard to get the first Drakengard, um, basically laid the groundwork for what happens in the first Near game. And that is, you fight on a dragon and you bring a god from the Dragonguard world into modern-day Tokyo, and it unleashes a disease that is what infects uh, people and kills all the people off in the original Nier. And then they have to turn their consciousness into robots. And then this this Nier, doesn't it take place a thousand years after one of the endings in the original Nier? I think that's the, the loose connection. Um, it does. It's in the same worlds. There are like, there's a lot of connections between near and near automata. 
Um, near, near, for example, has a character called Kaine, who you play as in the second, I think in one, at one part, and she's like your mm-hmm. partner on your team. Uh, and she is a two, essentially. <clears throat> so, and it, and also B2, because B2 is A2, but she kind of more closely resembles the gruffness of A2. Um, and then there's also Emile's in Nier, who's also the same character Emile is in Nier. Yeah. Devila and Popola are big parts mm-hmm. of Nier. Um, there's so there's a bunch of stuff that comes over from Nier into this game, but it's it's again it's very loosely tied together. Like the story, I played Nier Replicant last year when it was really re-released, and the story does not tie in pretty yeah, much that, at that's all. What I'm My understanding no. is like it's one of like the non-canical endings that you get in the original Nier. This is like like as if like a, a broken timeline off of like one of like the not true endings of of Nier is what I understood. Um, well, this is definitely a sequel. It's not like it's canon; like it's part of the the near original near universe for sure. Yeah, it seems like they may have just tried to like take that thread and do a different type of game, but still within the near universe. Because those older games are all kind of like medieval fantasy, mm-hmm. right? Um, Dragon Guard. Nier, well, near Dragon Guard. Yeah, original near is, I but then there's like cyborgs or androids or whatever in it. Oh, there are. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a kind of a spoiler, but if you're playing near, you probably know it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. You, you can see the connective tissue then, I guess. But like, it is kind of cool that they like this game has different paths and endings that you can get, you can access as well. So it's cool that they kind of like just pulled on one of those threads and opened up the universe a little bit more. With this, that felt a little bit more like kind of weird steampunk doll, android <laughs> doll punk. Uh, mm and like futuristic but there's also kind of some fantasy elements too like you encounter like you know robots in the world but they're living in like kind of like tree villages and like yeah there's kind of like magical fantastical elements to this world that are not purely sci-fi it feels like so it's a cool idea yeah i mean it's like so far in the future and like humanity is is supposed so just before we get into any further we're going to spoil the shit out of this game so if you haven't played this game and you don't want it to be spoiled. Make sure that you like don't listen to this episode, put essentially, because uh, we're going to talk talk about this five year old game in depth. Put that in the the description, or something. <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's there are so this game just in terms of I think one of the cool parts about this game is that the way it's formatted. And so like I had not I don't think played a game that was like this previously. And it's funny because I was like watching YouTube videos that were like criticism about this game and like trying to understand what people thought about it. Um, and there was one guy who was like very negative about it. And essentially he was like, the story makes no sense. The combat's blase. The graphics are bad. Like, and I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah. And I played through the first playthrough. And I guess other people have told me that you really need to play through it a couple times in order to see what it, what it is. And I just don't, I just think if you play through a game once then that's all you should need to have to do to play through a game. And it's just like, guy, you don't yeah, understand what this guy- game is. <laughs> That guy sounds basic as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first playthrough you play as 2B and the story really kind of doesn't make sense, but the story on the face of it is that there are humans on the moon because there was an alien invasion of robots um, and they drove people off the surface of the earth to the moon. You are an android who's been assigned to attack these robots and send them packing um, so that the humans can come back to the earth. Um and that's the first playthrough is like they don't really get a don't really 
change that conceit. They allude to the fact that something might be sketchy. Right. But then if you if you at the if you play through it like towards the end of A, at the very end there's a note that after the credits it's like, "Hey, we intended this game to be played through multiple times, so make sure you play through it again um, from the developers. And so you start off the game on a new game, and you're playing as a robot, and you're you're a robot whose brother is dying. And this yeah, whole time, the, you pour the oil, the, yeah, you pour the time, oil, thinking it's going. You shake, it, you shake that other robot to try to bring it to life, and you pour the oil on. It's like, and like this is like the robots are starting to like kind of now they are becoming like their own race that's like kind of like they've spent so much time observing other races that they're now kind of like absorbing those traits and uh but you switch yeah. to the 9s perspective and, for for this chunk of the game yeah and so the 2b perspective they allude to things being off like in the desert there are robots who are like run away they're attacking us and like help and like you're you as the person who's hunting down these evil robots is like why they shouldn't have a conscious they shouldn't be running away from us they should just be attacking us uh so there's like little nods and you obviously you meet uh pascal who is like a pacifist robot and some of the robots just aren't attacking you so you know like something something weird is happening but um in the first playthrough it doesn't really it's just like robots bad go kill robots pascal's always reading uh i'm not gonna say the last name right but uh, she's always or he's always reading uh frederick Deich, who's the guy who's like god is dead and like is essentially like enlightenism killed god that's kind of like just like the whole theme of like the 2b playthrough (laughs) Right. Yeah. Ni- well, even, Nietzsche? How do you, how do you say Are we talking Nietzsche? about Nietzsche? Nietzsche? He's German, Nietzsche? right? Nietzsche. Yeah, I don't know how to say it, but right. yeah, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah. Um, Nietzsche. Yeah. Nietzsche. Well, even I, th- yeah. Mike. Mike, I think you post- pointed this out, but like the name two B or is it B two? It's two B, right? Two B is the two B. Yeah. yeah. So that's like from Hamlet to like to be yeah. or not to be. So there's like this existential thread that runs through the whole game too, and I, I think you do get like some decent hints in that first playthrough because two B is very like all business i'm a badass warrior i'm just here to kill robots and not think too much about it and 9s is the one who's like more isn't he like a support model or something he's like a support he's a Android. scanner a scanner, scanner model so he's yeah. supposed right. to like observe for something i guess i don't know right yeah so he has like this more sensitive nature and like curious nature and he kind of observes the robots and was like oh they kind of have like a culture and a conscience and feelings and emotions and like Maybe we shouldn't be killing them, and Two B is just kind of like, nah, that's like not no, the it's, purpose. It's it's the opposite because Nine S is like, because Two B is the one who's questioning it throughout the entire first playthrough, and Nine mm-hmm. S is the one who's like, hey, yeah, don't worry about them. They're just machines that kill yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I remembered it differently. <clears throat> that's um, that's on the surface though. There's a lot more right. to it. Right. Yeah. yeah, and but, so this the second playthrough you play from a new perspective and you start seeing things differently and they're not like over the top like crazy about it which is good they're like like the first section is a different shooter section which is great and then you kind of go into the story and you see things a little bit differently like in the second playthrough they start to add on the story cutscenes before you fight the bosses which isn't in the first playthrough that explains what is happening in each area so like you understand that the uh, woman or the doll in the carnival mm-hmm. is like trying to seduce the man and he just doesn't want to have any of it. So she makes herself more beautiful and she just like goes insane trying to make herself more That's beautiful. That's like an animation, They're, right? Like it's not a regular yeah. CGI yeah. cutscene. Yeah, this game yeah. does a lot of um, like, 
I guess, gameplay or, like, visual choices you wouldn't expect. Like, it kind of mixes up um, between, like, 3D and, like, 2D platforming almost while you're still fighting. Yes, sometimes, yeah. And then there's, like, little other little things in the 9S playthrough that happen that are, like, the names on the robots come out. So in the first playthrough, they're, like, all, like, Wingding-style names on the robots. And then when you play as 9S, you start to see their names. And their names are all, like, philosophers yeah. or, like, writers. <laughs> Oh, all the bad yeah. guys. Um, huh. I didn't know. So, that. so like the big the big robot you fight at the very beginning that's like a construction unit is Marx. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> which, is, which is very funny. Um, got your Nietzsche. Got your Marx. I guess we'll. I mean, you know, I'm gonna guess we'll probably go back to gameplay. But obviously, the big the big shift is that it goes from more of a hack and slash based game that when you're playing as 9s it then essentially becomes like a twin stick shooter for for mook because that's his like primary uh fighting mechanic is to like hack into the robots and then complete like a quick twit yeah. twin stick shooting um section to uh damage damage enemies yeah that's yeah, really that like the, pretty cool that's like the standout part of this game for me was that like i i kind of agreed with that that take you were saying earlier where it's like the combat's cool but it's a little flat and like the story's okay the story gets very cool the way it like kind of like has a meta story and commentary on video games but the way that like manifests in the actual game with the gameplay is that like you start in kind of like a shoot 'em up situation and then it goes into the hack and slash third person view and then you get like a boss fight but then the perspectives will change so much during the game too that it's like reminiscent of earlier different styles of games and like there'll be platforming sections and there'll be some sections where it's like bullet hell more and like it mixes up and like the way the story kind of progresses too and the like existential questions you're dealing with and that like the dialogue the characters are, are sharing back and forth it kind of just like mixes it up and it like makes you it takes you out of the game a little bit and makes you think about like playing video games as a whole and how that relates to like their experience of being an android fighting robots like the way it all weaves together is really interesting and like they do that very simply and effectively through just like different perspectives and like video game mechanics from different from different genres of games it's it's so that, cool the way it flows that's something else that came up from near the original near is the um um, changing your perspectives from like top down to like what over the shoulder third person uh, to like side scrolling stuff that was in the original to Nier like too. text adventure. Mm-hmm. There was like a there was a there's a in the original Nier there's a whole section that is just a text adventure with a black screen with white text. It's like I'm like this That's is wild. cool, but it goes on <laughs> for so long. Yeah, text, text adventures can get out of hand. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, even like the hi- the hiking and the the hacking, um, and like some of the like I forget what other like there's like little puzzle mini games baked in here too, um, that are like different genres of games. It's just very cool the way it all fits together. You kind of find too like the way yeah, like so- the the enemy robots are designed, especially like the kind of like lower level grunt ones. They're kind of just like trash cans that are like kind of like bolted together almost, and it's like they always kind of have like a cute aesthetic, and so it's kind of like as like you are kind of learning like you know it's it makes it it's like a a simple aesthetic but it makes it more impactful like when that second playthrough starts and it's like the robot is like calling the other robot is like brother and he, it's like he's not understanding the concept of death and it's like these robots are starting to learn the concept of life and death as the game goes on and and the impact that it starts to have in the ones that yeah. start to become more aware of these these things and uh 
but yeah, like there, it's like almost like you feel bad, kind of, kind of killing them after after a certain point. <laughs> yeah, they're a little, they're a little too cute to murder right. so recklessly. You right. know, as you're going through the game, you're like, they're kind of cute. Why am I killing them? <laughs> I didn't even realize this when I played it most recently. I was in uh, Pascal's village, and I like mistakenly hit the attack button and i killed one of the robots that was in there you can kill all of the robots in past yeah so you get one of the endings oh no you can just murder them all you get one of the endings um yeah so the first two playthroughs are pretty similar right um as far as like the places you're going the bosses and the story overall is just like a little enhanced um but then the third playthrough is like completely different. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't even remember because I didn't play through. Yeah, it this A2 time. plays like two um, B. But I know it's like but, it's like. But a, like now it's like the, the you kind of go to the copied city earlier in the game, but essentially a very similar type area, kind of like engulfs a good chunk of, of the planet, and you essentially get like the map just essentially like, not doubles, but become it has a lot more areas and a lot more changes to it that you have to go through. Now is A2. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I I like that. I don't I don't like that. Like the the second one, I feel like I understand why a lot of people could drop off on the second one. Um, and then A two also like the story is way different, right? Because it's after uh, I guess a certain event happens, and Nine S like learns some shit about the world. Kind of goes nuts. Yes. Um, so I, I think what the, the big, the twist in this story is that the humans are actually dead on the, the moon. There's no humans on the moon. They ha they haven't been there for a very long time. And, um, at learns that, and he's the only one that's like capable of learning that or mm -hmm. something like that. And so 2B is assigned to be his, is she's not, her name's not actually 2B, it's 2E, which is 2 Executioner. 2 Executioner, too cool. 2X. Two um, so she's in this... And her whole thing is like they keep doing the same loop, which is this game over and over again, where she keeps murdering him um, because they're robots and they're trapped in a loop, um, is what the whole thing is. And I think you also learned that uh, the and robot, like the robots race, is extinct outside of what is on the planet at the moment. It's like they're both like fighting a war for two races that are are extinct now, except for yeah, yeah, and they're like they're. And, like, they're all searching for meaning. So, like, that's the whole point of the whole game is that, you know, there's the Pascal and his woodland people in the treehouse are going after the pursuit of knowledge. The king of the woods is there, and he's, like, a monarch. Um, there's a guy in the – there's a, the desert people. Um, the carnival people who are just celebrating their carnival all day long. They're in the abandoned – in the abandoned factory folk who are just uh, – have a, a wacky religion. <laughs> Where they all want to kill themselves and become as gods. Yeah, well, I mean, the Pasquale one and so, like, in such a good dark way where it's, like, they're being attacked and, like, all the children from the village are hiding in, like, in a factory. And because Pasquale had done such a good job of teaching them of emotions and of life and death, they become so afraid of being murdered that instead they decide to commit suicide, which then drives Pascal to have... It's super the, dark. Which then drives Pascal <laughs> to ask you to either delete his memories or kill him <laughs> so and then if you uh if you just delete his memories and you go back to the village he's like just kind of walking around by himself going huh look at this place wonder what happened here and you're like oh well, that's uh <laughs> <Poor guy. laughs> that's that's a moment you, that stays you can with also, you 
I think you get an ending if you just leave and like don't either delete his memories or kill him is an ending. Oh, really? Yeah. One of the endings I got in the first playthrough, they were like, you need to go in this direction. And I went in the opposite direction and they were like, oh, it's just time to relax. Yeah, it's like, it oh, you, like disappear, the you disappear forever. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a cool thing about this game that I guess we've we've mentioned is just that there are, um, there's like a regular ending for each playthrough, I guess. So four or five, I think. But then just certain events in the game will also cause uh an ending which i i think it's kind of funny it's called an ending because it's really like a game over almost <laughs> yeah. with text right <laughs> you can pop out your uh one of the cool things is in the menu it's like you're putting chips in to enhance yourself um and one of the chips is your operating system and you can pop out your operating system and get an ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did that <laughs> yeah the game has like lots of like, cool like little little details like that like i think mike you and i were kind of talking offline how it's like when you first start the game and you're kind of like doing your same old like brightness settings and and like just like the regular like video game option stuff like you see that it's recording like but you just don't really think anything of it you just think it's part of the game but then later when you're playing as 9s you replay or you go through like that whole uh readjusting your brightness the sound the vibration all that stuff and it's uh you can't do anything about it because you already did it it's it's recorded you just watch the recording of what you did like nine hours earlier and i always thought that was a little funny little um i don't know a nice little nice little huh how do you do (laughs) nice little meta little meta gameplay joke right there menu joke (laughs) yeah uh one of the endings i think is required or requires you to delete your save file that's the yeah. It's the ultimate ending, right? That's the, the yeah. It's the the ending E. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you do A B C and then D, right? Is it A B C? That's the way the you have to get, goes. Yeah, I think you do the three three endings, and then there's like you have to do the boss fight over again, and then ending E is the uh, ultimate ending, which, which is basically you fight the credits in a twin stick shooter, <laughs> and then when you have to call in support um, from your buddies on the internet um <laughs> to help you to help you win so i know and they're like this is hope this crazy this, yeah you're, you're, this crazy you're, yeah because you're you're basically like you're saving the because the robot whoever the robot programming is whoever did the programming said they want to be in 9s's and a2's memories to be erased but you're fighting against that to save their memories in the end um and you're sacrificing yourself the player in order to save 2B and 9S in sort of a meta-textual statement. Yeah, so have have any of you ever played that ending? Because I have, and I kind of knew what the end result was, and so Mm -hmm. I powered off my PlayStation before I truly beat it, so I didn't lose my save files. But, uh, like, so when you're fighting through the... Even when you're fighting through the credits, it's, like, one of the hardest, like, twin shooter segments you'll do in the whole game. And so you just keep dying, but as you die, like, the game starts to tell you that it's, like... You know, like, it starts to kind of go through what Mike said, and ultimately it goes to, like, you know, you, like, other people can come to help you, and, like, and then you can in turn, like, give your life to help other people, and it basically says, like, if you agree to do this, you know, you will get all the help you need, You but you will also delete your save file because you have to help somebody else, and it's, like, and it, every time you die, it um, starts to I, I like you a little bit, and then it turns into basically giving yeah. you this, like, this this deal, like, this deal to, like, go, like, and then it truly like deletes your save data. <laughs> so it uh, it's very funny when they're like, "You, there's no hope. Just give yeah. up. 
you can't yeah. beat this yeah. like that type stuff <laughs> i like it i like that whole that whole ending and deleting your file like just, oh, i'm just done with the game yeah. all right it's fine and it's also yeah. supposed to be the canical yeah. mechanical mean, ending too and it's and it's actually like the happy ending because it's like the pods like that's the other thing too is like i don't know if you got to this part steve but it's like the pods like kind of start they just start to like the one who's with 9s and the one who's with 2b and then ultimately a2 like the pods start to talk and like they kind of start debating like philosophical issues throughout the game and kind of like going like they're like we mm. know we are supposed to just let these revive these androids let them go through the same loop over and over again they kind of start to discuss towards the end going like well we don't have to do that like what happens if we don't do that and it's like like you like watch the two pods like just like have this like debate back and forth about like if it's the proper thing to do or not and then ultimately they do decide to revive 2v 9s and a2 but like not get them they get them out of the loop and so that like they will ultimately be able to kind of like live a new life beyond that so that's cool i don't think i did get that far i got decent like i said i got decently far through the b playthrough and i remember watching some of the different other playthroughs too um it's the the endings are i mean like the the whole story is like obviously very philosophical there but but i mean it's about finding god or finding like a reason for existence really and then the end of end of it is basically saying hey in the ending the the first two endings are like hey it doesn't matter like it's gonna end you're gonna you're gonna lose and then the final ending is like you know what we're gonna lift you up you got to keep trying keep pushing we're gonna give you a sport we're gonna give you through we're gonna win this we're gonna do this it's all about together. helping people. Yeah. It's all about helping people, you know. It's great. That's it's a it great is. ending. It's it is tight. a great ending. So, what else do we have to talk about this game? I think, I mean, it seemed pretty comprehensive. Right yeah, there. that was that was a discussion of the endings and the philosophy of this game. Nietzsche would be proud. Um, yeah, cool game. I don't know. Should I feel I feel good about ranking it. Yeah. All right, let's rank it. We have, uh, it's our 170th entry. Last week we added The Mighty Number no. 9. <laughs> that that wretched video game at number 163. Oh, I was curious where that would land. Oh, that's okay. Um, I, have, I have something to throw out to start the conversation. Yes. Uh, I see it. two games in here that I, I, for whatever reason, I feel drawn to. Uh, one is number 45, Hotline Miami. And the other is number 60, Ori in the Blind Forest. Hmm. Um, wow. Interesting. So I feel like those two are games that um, like kind of took a new spin on the genre that they're in. Um, but were also like very fun to play. Um, and for whatever reason, I, that, that's just how I feel about, about this game as well. Um, I know this uh- game has like the whole meta play, whatever you want to call it, and, like, existentialism. Um, I, I personally don't put that much weight on, like, the existentialism, like, whatever, but, like, the gameplay is very cool and, like, subversive. So maybe a little... Maybe, like, in the 40s somewhere. I don't know. I have, um, just in terms of where I was looking, was... Um... I was like, is this better than Dishonored? And then, like, my absolute top line is probably Red Dead Redemption on this. That's where I was looking. I don't know. A little you higher. Think, um, you don't think it's higher than Red Dead Redemption? Is that what you're saying? No, like, I think I think the game has a really cool story, really cool layout of the narrative. Um, but 
the narrative overall is um, I like that they they have all they 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 try to tie in. I guess the narrative's pretty pretty damn good, but the gameplay is very flat. And if you've played other platinum games, and this is a platinum game, um, this is the the depth on this game is very it's very it's very shallow. Uh, like gameplay wise, it feels I good even think, though. Like, like it's fun to play. It, yeah, it's not it's, like cumbersome yeah, or awkward or anything. You're kind of just going through it. I will say it's way better than Near, the original Near. Like way better. It's much faster. Um, yeah, I, I think but... my my criticism of the gameplay wasn't even that it was that shallow. It was that like if you if you think of this game as like a third person hack and slash action game then like there's not a ton of depth there but i wouldn't call it shallow because like the the i mean if there's an open world element to it that shifts between different genres and play styles like we were talking about earlier that's that's it's another got, thing though it's got boss the, fights like the, the open know. world is like the worst open world in a video game not, that i've played well, it's a in cool, a long time it's a cool visually it's a very cool world the layout is strange and like the world map like i got lost a bunch of times trying to figure out like how to get from one place to another um, I would say it's also like you say it's I think it's it's very it's okay to look at far away but if you get up close the textures are awful it's, it's on pretty everything. sparse too right yeah yeah it, I felt like that the sparse the sparseness of it was kind of like a product of the world that they're into because like everybody there is like kind of synthetic you know like an android or a robot but they're trying to make do in the natural world too so there was like kind of a conflict there um yeah, well, I, I just I'm trying to you know not not hate on the gameplay too much because I think it's very cool the way the game like style shifts throughout it, um, and that's probably my favorite part of it overall. Um, I I actually do think that this is like one of the smartest games and like most well written in terms of like its themes and like how it that ties in with the gameplay and the progression and like the meta narrative of like getting you to replay the game over and over again even though I didn't play it like the five times that it wants me to play it. Um, because I was like, all right, I've played it like a one and a half times. I'm kind of good. I'm going to move on to other things. Um, but like, it just it felt so smart and like well written and well crafted when I was playing it. I was like, oh man, they're really like tying this all together in a really interesting and unique way, and like still like showing kind of like their love of video games through it too. Um, so like that was fun. But also, you know, they threw some criticisms in there as well, and that was all kind of through the lens of the androids and their struggle for meaning and existence and repetitive loops and all of that. Um, but it's just very, very unique game. And so I, I personally, I would put it higher than that range, Sam, that you had. Um, I think it's like a smarter game than Red Dead Redemption. Is it a better game? I don't know. I've played Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption twice, and it's one of my favorites. Um, but like I don't know, like thirties, high twenties, thirties. Up, uh, I, I would definitely put it like there's Assassin's Creed Black Flag at forty-two. There's Far Cry Three above that. There's Alien Isolation above that. I would put it higher than those. Um, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I, think I was. I know you're I waiting there with. Yeah. I know you're waiting there with both barrels. Before I say both barrels else. are prime. Well, ready to go. Let's go. I wasn't trying to. I was just not trying to talk over anybody. But like I think. My range, like I was originally kind of thinking about this, and at first I thought my range was kind of between the two, the two Halo games, which would be sixteen and ten. But as I kind of like look through the list and kind of listen to you guys, I think I'm actually more in the Final Fantasy IV Shovel Knight original Halo range, which I think is actually probably not too far off from where Steve was just kind of at. But uh, but yeah, it's like it's a game that um, 
I don't know, we did like our top 10 games. Of the <laughs> I love you selling. What was that? You're selling there. <laughs> but uh, it's, You're doing your little sales it's thing like, right uh, there. <laughs> it's, it's like a game. It's, it's when we did like our like top 10 games of the past decade, it was a game that I, I put on the list and I like right after I played it. And I thought like, I mean, you know, sometimes it's a very tropey cliche thing to take like, oh, robots are learning, learning meaning and emotions and stuff. But like regardless right. of whether how many times it's been done or not, oftentimes it's not really done well. This game, I think, regardless of whether you've kind of have been exposed to this uh, sto- like story beat before, it doesn't change the fact that the writing and the acting by the characters is done so well, and the emotion that the robots ultimately learn and kind of convey as the di- as the game develops, like is done in a way where even though it's a thing you've heard before, it's still emotionally impactful. I thought, and then I think just the. The twists are good. I love the twist when it was like both they found out that like they're both fighting for extinct human races. Like I thought that was a nice little like story twist, but they're still stuck in this loop anyway and just gotta kinda keep going. And yeah, my only like real criticisms were the open world. Like you said, it's it's not the easiest open world to navigate in the sense that like there's a chunk in the middle where there's like a giant crater. And, you know, you often have to run through that crater and you just gotta kinda remember like where like broken building pathways are to get up because like it like you can't scale like a lot of the hills or the mountains down there so it's like you gotta get in and out of the crater like in a very specific manner and stuff like that just kind of is a problem with the open world but stuff like the carnival though is, is really cool the only, but yeah the carnival is really cool the one thing i'll say too about the open world before i forget is that the side missions in this game are terrible <laughs> for yeah, the most yes. part i i yes. think that like the I, I, I want to stand by my rating. Uh, maybe I'd go up to, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater range, like, high 30s. I don't think it's a top 30 game. Uh, everything that we're saying that's really good about it is not related to, like, the gameplay, really. But does yeah. it need to be? Does it need to yeah. be related I mean, to it's kind of it's kind of like when you're talking about, like, a classic book that is not that fun to read but has, like, a bunch of literary points and, uh, like, symbolism and, uh, like... I had fun... Like, I think, I, I think the, the gameplay was not... Did not provide enough friction for me to be, like, this game sucks. No, like, the gameplay I'm not fu- saying it sucks. I'm saying it's, like, a, you know, 33, 35 in around there. Like, that's a good video game. Like, there's a bunch of good video games there. I, I, I just, just want to say... I, 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 I would say the this is the widest range that I think we've had <laughs> in a very long time it's, for a game. It's its own, which is wild. And I, I think I was, debate, but <laughs> I don't know where to. Sh- I don't know. Sh- I don't know where to land this. Yeah, yeah. I, it should be expected though, because this game is like very. I think it's. I don't think it's very polarizing. I think critics fucking love this game. Yeah, I think the general public yeah, is pretty tep- exactly. is like up on it. I wanted to piggyback on Chris's earlier point because I thought it was great. You know, like sometimes you can have a genre video game where it's very tropey and it's been maybe done to death and there's not, you know, okay, it's not asking any new questions, but there's a lot of heart in the performance and there's a lot of well-written, <laughs> there's a lot of well-written pieces in this and that, and that maybe there's like a subversive kind of twist along the way that kind of keeps you hooked and you're like, you know what? Sure, maybe I was just playing a zombie game with a you know father figure and a little girl going across a post-apocalyptic America, but they did it really well. And so this is all a roundabout way of saying, Chris, I agree with you. The Last of Us is very, very good um, <laughs> and shares a lot of striking similarities to Near Automata. Um, and I think that, Sam, your point of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, that neighborhood, I think I agree. 
Um, so like, yeah, above or right below Tony Hawk. Is that where you were kind of thinking in terms of somewhere? Above I it? mean, I, I love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I don't love right. it enough to like put a game above it. Yeah. Like it's well, not I, a barrier. It's just I can't. I can't help but notice that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is only just a couple of spots below The Last of Us, and so I think I'm I'm happy with that neighborhood. Uh, somewhere in there, not necessarily above The Last of Us, not necessarily below, but I think yeah, this, this range that we're, we're circling it makes sense. I have nothing uh, earth, earth chattering so to 30, say about the combat. Sweet. I just haven't said anything about my thoughts of the combat, and I thought I thought the combat <laughs> I thought the combat was was fun overall. Uh, I think um, having two B in in A two play so similar to each other is like A two should have handled a lot different than two B. But I liked with nine S that like you. You transition to the hack and slash uh, from the hack and slash to the twin stick shooter, but then with A two, you kind of just go back to essentially playing as two B again. And I thought when I got to that part, I remember kind of going, "I wish she played." I now expected her to play different after having the nine S playthrough. I was a little let down. She basically just handles like two B. Right. Same same Android model. That's why. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, she was the uh, A two is also eight. They're all they're all Shakespeare references, by the way. A two is A two Brute from Julius Caesar, and nine S, I guess, is like a sonnet, like the ninth sonnet, is what it's referenced oh, to. Oh, interesting. Yep, didn't realize that. So, interesting. I'd put it above um, Tony Hawk just for that little tidbit. <laughs> so where so where are you at? So where are you yeah, so you're at thirty three. Chris, I'll, where are you at? You, I'll take my floor and say eighteen. I just moved up like so many spots. <laughs> I like I like how wow. I was talking. I, I was talking earlier. I was like, oh yeah, you know, down here in like the thirties, twenties. That puts... is like I agree. I agree, Steve. You're right. This should be a top ten game. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm at twenty seven. You know, I mean, it's it's a game <laughs> that I think uh, it's a Here's, game that I think that like does the whole games can be art thing extremely extremely well and yeah. like i mean we even talk about yeah. the music this yeah. is some of the best music i've ever heard in a video game oh yeah and, I was, uh, yeah and then on top of it they when you're playing as 9s when they cut into the twin stick shooter they have an 8-bit version for every song oh, yeah that they seamlessly incorporate yes. that's fucking amazing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, no I, th- I agree with that this is this is video games as art like to a T. This is the music is crazy though, good. You know, like, it's that's, very that's good. What I, mean. I don't think that well. should bump it up super high though. No, no, I don't think so either. I think um, so. I had let's see, uh, Chris at eighteen, Steve at twenty-seven. I believe is what. You, no, uh, that was no, me no, at twenty-seven. No, no I'll that's say at, uh, I'll say the thirty-one. New I'll say that's, the new thirty-three. That's what I'm. That's where I'm going. All right, so that puts it at 28. Actually, on, wait, on hold average. on. Banjo-Kazooie above that? No, the new number 32. That's where I want it. <laughs> um, so that puts is us it, at 27. Is, is it going to get bumped up because it's 18? Do we have to do fucking political math right now? <laughs> it's, at, it's at 27. That's where it is. I think it should go at 27. <laughs> that's where I, I I originally was thinking where it goes, and that's the, about the average of where we're all at. I'm surprised that wow. means, Mike, that you liked it, more, you liked it less than Arkham City. Interesting. Um, we're all we're all living with some compromise here. That's what what this this twenty seven represents to us. I I mean, I like Tom Clancy's Splinter, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege better. I like NBA Jam better, but I think that it should go at twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, no, I was was just saying, I was surprised you did there. What I what I like. 
what I like, uh, I think NBA Jam was a pretty hard wall for me because that game's way more fun <laughs> than this game and like is endlessly replayable to me. I'm sorry. Pretty shallow <laughs> gameplay though. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> only got like two. I could play. I, I could play that game forever. Yeah. No, I'm good with 27. So. That feels fine. <clears throat> all right. We did Sam, it. Sam, are you gonna are you gonna vote for it to be the new number uh, one one seventy? Uh, just to weight it down the list a little bit here. I uh, I just wish that I had stuck by my guns and it would have ended up at its proper spot of thirty three. But I'm, you can switch uh, back to your other guns. I'm okay. You can switch I'm back. Okay. No, I'm not, some I'm not some day I feel block. like some days I feel like we take the easy way out when we um um you know do the average but at the same time do we really it's, want to be talking here all night it's it's not that big a deal it's not like we're talking about dark souls or anything yeah exactly this is world changing <laughs> this is a, this, this is the first podcast with all of us just the, the same members of that dark souls podcast is that on true for the first time i think so really? yeah, we've, we've well i mean we must have done some we must have done some movie ones oh you mean like just the four yeah, of yeah. us from yeah. just okay. the four of us yeah, yeah. Oh, we did. Oh no, that was awkward. Was on that one. Yeah, this is this is the first one. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> We're back. Well, Chris, you're welcome. I played one third of this game, and I, I played along. <laughs> Listen, uh, you, yeah, look at look at that. Listen, Lessons all, learned. All you should give is your honest opinion. If you only played one third of the game, it's for a reason, and that's and that's important. <laughs> you're right, Sam. We should revisit the ranking of this list. It needs to go lower. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Congratulations to Nier uh, Automata for the ranking on the Endless List. You are our 27th best game of all time, currently. Um, but we will be back next week. Do you know what we're, we're going to record next week? Steve, do you know what we're recording next week? We're going to a galaxy far, far away next week. Um, and even longer than normally you would go there in terms of a long time ago. We're going to the Old Republic as in Knights of the Old Republic next week. Hell yes, on the podcast. But thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. And thank hey, you, Chris. Anytime. I'm just happy. I'm going to say this is the last thing we'll say on this podcast. I'm just happy that no one is happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's happy is a sign of a great deal. <laughs> We got, uh, we we'll got, see we got the C week. ending for this podcast. We have to do it again to get the D ending. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we let's all, do it all again. <laughs>